Welcome to Well-Designed Lives with Brad Wiesner, our weekly podcast that brings you interesting people and deep conversations about all things beauty and about how others curate a well-designed life. Hello, and welcome to our inaugural episode with Molly Schlachter, a well-known and respected photographer here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Most of all, Molly's a dear friend, and somehow it just felt important that for our first episode, she was my first guest. I guess she and I have just a bit of a gab fest for the locals, and lots of bits of my history, uh, how the name of my design firm came about, and Molly's photo jam events, and more. I hope you'll enjoy it. She has a background in creative writing and the arts and education and branding. She has a certain way to capture artistic photography that we'll talk about with her 16 years in practice. She's also the creator and producer of PhotoJam, a really cool platform that are joined by people all over the U.S., and she'll tell us all about it. You can find her at mollysphotography.com and also at photojam.net. Her Instagram is Molly S. Photography, and her other handles that we have printed on the podcast episode. Mostly it's her seductive voice and her easy nature that makes any time with Molly just special and lovely. Nothing too heavy duty this first time out. It's just a great way to start the library of episodes that we hope to create here on Well-Designed Lives. So relax and sit back and be part of our very first conversation. I thought we were already record- recording. Did you hear? Did Little you record bits. my song? My no. <laughs> I'm gonna have to repeat that. So it's great. It's great <laughs> that uh, it's great that uh, you're here, and um, I'm really excited. Um, you are our first guest on the podcast. It's inaugural. Oh yay! Yay! I'm very excited too. I didn't know that you sang so well. <laughs> Before we started, everyone, Molly was entertaining me with um, a Janis Joplin version of Oh Lord, Won't You Buy Me. You sing very well. I don't hear that ever. Where did you, you learn how to sing? In my life. I, young children would ask me to please stop singing. <laughs> so I cool. know you're the first person to tell me that. Thank you. I think I should be in... In Nashville. Thought, you could really carry a tune there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't ask you to do it now. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Molly Schlachter. Yes, sir. Schlachter like doctor. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Exactly. So um, Schlachter. Schlachter. You are a photographer. I think that's how everybody here in town knows you. And your unique oh. ability to really capture more of an artistic sense. I mean, clearly, I think in, in the world of photography, there's the corporate shots, there's the head shots. This one yeah. lady specializes in pets. That's great. You have a pretty broad range between landscapes and abstracts and children and dogs, but you seem to always capture <clears throat> a very artistic version of the shot. Do, would you say that's right? How would, what would you say about that? You know, I do, photography is so much fun, and I, and I have balked at trying to specialize in any one thing. I have tried 
But I found that really it's just the visual. My mind lives in the visual and I want to be, I just want to capture all of it. So I, I don't want to limit myself to just shooting weddings or just shooting babies or shooting boudoir, you know, whatever the different genres are. But I really just love finding the art in everything. Mm-hmm. I started out in art school when I went to college. And so like that has just. So you went to University of Tennessee? Yeah. Knoxville? Yeah. Was that art or was that English lit? What? I majored in fine arts. And so awesome. it was art, art school. And then later I switched over to creative writing. Oh, another one of my loves. Yeah, yeah. I saw that in your resume. So, well, I have to relate just a little bit uh, yeah. that uh, I'm jealous about the fine arts because I always wished I could go back and just really Paris and wherever <laughs> to study, you know, fine arts and just, but anyway. I was terrible. Terrible. Why? I just, I just, I didn't fit in the fine arts program and I remember there was a a photography course and it was always full and I couldn't I I was just like this is too hard to get into this class and I never did but god I wonder how my life would be if I'd gotten into that class right because you know decade later a couple decades later I am full throttle you and I share so many things in common that (laughs) it's just amazing and and that's why I think we have our friendship (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot we have in common, and for me as well, I think some of my listeners may know my background that I, well, when I was six years old, I wanted to be an interior designer, and I knew it. It was about the built environment. I like I just knew it, but um, growing up, it's like, nah, probably not, you know, it's not for guys to do that, and then I grew out of that, and then college, it was like, you, you're going to need a whole special career for this. You, I mean, education, you can't. And uh, somewhere in my career in hotels and hotel management, real estate, real estate management, Mm -hmm. real estate sales, I was 50 years old when it was like water over a dam. And it's, dude, you're going to be interior design. You're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I I just plunged in. And I mean, I spent my whole life training and and I don't want to make this to be about me, but the the whole point is, is that I share that with you Mm -hmm. is is sort of those lost Mm -hmm. decades of, you know, I wasn't doing it that decade and I wasn't doing it that decade. Then then you jump in. I don't think anything was lost in those decades. You know, I didn't get to take that course in college, but there, you know, there's so much I learned and the, the in-betweens, you know, Mm -hmm. the stuff that I did and discovering myself and discovering other people and Mm -hmm. life. And I don't know, I wouldn't change anything. That's a very, that's a very beautiful way to look at it. You know, it's a very, um, embrace it you know i'm the other way i I lost it It sucks (laughs) you know i couldn't do it it'll waste waste of time but no i really do agree with you those in between decades um i was doing i was building homes in the field i was designing lobbies i was doing stuff i was really cutting my teeth and honing and Uh and many many wonderful years in the hotel all of it i wouldn't trade it really if you think about it so yes i agree i agree yeah that's cool so tell me how it happened for you, you know, did a door open? Did somebody <laughs> fling a window open for you? How did you say, ah, I'm going to do it? What, the photography? Well, because I think you were an English teacher, is that right? Oh, yeah, taught at McCaskey. Our McCaskey High yeah. School here. Okay, yeah. great. And it was it from that position that you sort of leapt, leaped? Did you, did you sideways 
Did you fall into how a did, sachet? How did, you, did you a little sachet there? Okay, good. We like sachet. <laughs> I guess I was doing. I just always loved it, you know, and and I never really had any formal training, but just when I picked up a camera and I could not get enough of it, I wanted to eat that camera. It was so good, and I just wanted to learn everything about it, learn all the knobs and dials and and how to take a picture. You know, just I couldn't get enough of it. I was obsessed with it. Same with me. It's obsessed. Same. Yeah, it's yeah great, same thing. Right? It's crazy, isn't it? <sighs> I mean, I'm, to this day, I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid of my industry. I just can't Me get too. enough. Pinch pleats. Wait, what kind of pleats? I was a pleat to fullness ratio. How do we? Oh, man, I'm all up in it. I love doing it. I love seeing it. I just want to be surrounded by photography. I want to be surrounded by art, really. Mm-hmm. Photography is my medium of choice because I was terrible <laughs> at the other stuff. But I just, yeah, I, I'm obsessed. I continue to be obsessed. Which, and we'll get to it later, but, you know, which shows because of the other project that you've created, which is called Photo Jam. Photo Jam. Which is awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. okay. So, okay, so you sashay into this industry mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and put a shingle out and become a photographer. How'd you get business? How did you start? I don't, I, you know, I started with those dogs mm-hmm. and I, I picked up... <laughs> I had this camera. It's like probably a digital rebel, Canon digital rebel. And my dad, I wanted. Well, if I may jump in. So yeah. you started with digital. Did you ever mess around oh, with real yeah. film and no. stuff? No, no, okay. no. I didn't. And the other thing we should explain, you, you were a breeder of golden retrievers oh, yeah. for a for a period. <laughs> yes. And during the, the beautiful dogs that you showed uh-huh. and everything, you started your photography really with them. Yeah, pretty much. So I got the camera and I was like, how am I going to afford to, I hadn't, I hadn't make some money. Mm -hmm. So how am I going to afford to buy the lenses that I have to attach to this camera? (laughs) So I took. It's all fun and games when it comes out (laughs) of the box and it's like, wait, F-stop what? Zoom who? Oh, I had no idea. Like the the exposure triangle, F-stop, exposure. I was completely turned around because my brain is not math. It doesn't math uh-huh. very well. Uh-huh. So I just couldn't, it took me a really long time to wrap my head around the, the technical aspect of photography. I knew what I wanted to see and how I wanted it to look, but couldn't figure that out, right? So I went out into the field and I was like, I'm going to take pictures of these dogs of this hunt test. I'd borrowed some lenses from my friend and I was real timid and just didn't know what I was doing. And then the photographer shows up. <laughs> And her name was Karen Hawker. She's up in New England, up in Massachusetts. She was like professional dog photographer. And she was like the person who was contracted to be at this hunt test. And I was like, oh, yeah, slinked back into my car and was like hiding. And she came in and talked to me. She's the sweetest girl. And she came and talked to me. And she said, my camera's not working. Shoot away. Shoot whatever you want. And I was like, okay, I really don't know how this thing works. And she, like, did this little tutorial for me, showed me everything on my camera, and that was it. I had someone like that in a different way. But the the idea of giving back in our own industry and giving Mm -hmm. to usually someone new, but to, yes, I think that's just an amazing thing. And that's how many people get what I would call an indelible start to their profession is because somebody put out a hand, somebody very professional, knew it there, very good, 
put out a hand and said, here, open up this door, go to the left, and then go down at the third uh-huh. door and make a left. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, that was Karen Hawker, and she's she's remarkable. Karen Hawker Photography, she does these amazing photos of these dogs. I'm plugging her, KarenHawkerPhotography.com. Okay. I'm In not ma- sure if that's her website. But Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. <laughs> she's great. So you were you were doing photography with your own dogs, and, and I would imagine then some people's pets here and there no 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 I jumped right in I went out to the field trials I was doing weekend hunt tests and field trials Mm -hmm. and that's the sport um, version of dog shows so there's like confirmation which is the show dog the Westminster and then there's agility Mm -hmm. where they jump through hoops and then there's sport which is like hunting it's what the dog is bred to do so I mean, just, just in the last three paragraphs, I think there's like 16 things that we share. Again, there's just crazy, <laughs> my dog's a show dog and blah, blah, blah. We could just go on. But anyway, so it's just awesome. So, okay, when, did, when, when would you think you could say you became um, sort of known here in, in our town? Do people know me? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, for our listeners who don't know, Molly is one of... Just a handful. If I don't, Molly's one of our very respected photographers here in town. Um, and again, I have to say, I think, and you, and, and you tell me, you might, you're going to know better than me, but it seems to me that your style, okay, it's a horse. Okay, it's an interior of a house. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a graduation picture. I don't really care about the subject mm-hmm. right now. You seem to always put your style on it. From what I've seen, it just feels that it's more artistic. The color saturation, the lighting, there's just a composition. There's, you have that eye. Hmm. And, and I don't see that in, in some other people's photography where it's just more straightforward. Um, that's my two cents. But, but I, I, so I'm just going to ask, you know, when, when, did, when did you think you came into your own? Oh, gosh. Can you say? Or? I just think it's a constant evolution. It keeps going. It keeps going. I'm still learning. I'm, I don't think I'll ever stop. Because like we said, I'm obsessed with photography. You're obsessed with interior design. I I think that obsession just keeps growing and growing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I'm never finished. Mm-hmm. I agree. Never finished. No. I was somewhere, where was I? Oh, I was at the design center in Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how it came up, but it was, there was somebody made a comment about you know that there's an, a sense of accomplishment or there's there's a plateau that is you've re and it was, and I just looked at him kind of funny like no because it's the journey you're always learning I yeah. mean you know it could be motorized window shades it could be yeah it could be the latest in digital photography that I don't know yeah so it's like for me it's like drugs uh huh the creativity of Isn't photography. That sad? It's it's good drugs. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. My, uh, my weakest, my my most harmful drug is fabrics. <laughs> in yeah. fabrics, yeah. I get weak in the knees. <laughs> and we'll have like a representative come and visit, right, and show us the new spring line or whatever. And it's like, oh, nice, very nice. Oh, and then there's one, and I'm like, excuse me, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to be right back. I just need to be alone for a moment with this piece of fabric and stand in the corner and just... It's horrible. Oh. So I get it. I get yeah. that degree of... I mean, that's why, like, we 
talked about photo jam. Like that's one of the things about photo jam that I love so much is that it just, I keep discovering and discovering and discovering. Mm-hmm. And so does, so do all the people that come to. Photo so let's, jam. let's talk about photo jam. Um, again, it's, it's a nationwide platform of select people who can, who can join in and the presentation of the photography and how you describe it. How do you, how do you describe so, photo Yeah. Photo jam is a community of photographers and non-photographers and iPhoneographers. And they come to the photo jam over the zoom. They submit photos and it's not, Anybody can do it. It's not a select. I have. I did once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did one. Yeah. And you did a live one. Oh no, you did a you did a Zoom one too, right? Yeah, I've done I've done Zoom and two lives. I think yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if people come in and they send me two or three images, I choose one and we bring it up on the screen. If, if it's in person on the big screen. Or if it's on the over Zoom, then we do it just on the Zoom, share the screen, and the person whose photograph it is doesn't it doesn't get to talk, so mm-hmm. they just get to listen and people comment. We all chime in on what <clears throat> we what we see, what we think, and mm-hmm. what we like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you can tell because there's there's one person who's silent, and it's like I bet you that's Bob's photo because he's being <laughs> silent. But yeah. it's pretty cool. And then and then we get to see who the photographer is and they get to share their origins and perspective on it. Yeah. Someone said that they felt like it was really meditation. The photo jam was were you there when they said that? I think I I think I said that. Oh well we all say it yeah. really. It is. It's very that was eye opening for me. Like I didn't realize like why do I love this so much? For me, it's because it and I think for other people, if I recall other people's comments, there's something about it where you slow down and you're focusing mm-hmm. on something else. And it's not always clear what the photo is about. It, and then sometimes it's, okay, it's a photo of a sunset, but how did you come? But the point is, is that we slow down, we get introspective, we get very in the moment, and yeah. we, we do, I think we do what all good art wants us to do, and that is, it invites us to be contemplative. It invites us to consider it and and to sit with that art, that image, and and let it speak to you. And and when you do that, there is a calming, I think, meditative place to be. I I totally agree. Yeah. Which is, for me, all art. Yeah. Takes you there. Yeah. You know, and it's such a transportive. Uh, journey. Yeah, it's know? it's drugs. It's yeah. drugs. Photo jam is drugs. And I find I find very often the more abstract. Mm-hmm. For me personally, you know, whether it's oil on linen, a watercolor, a photograph, the abstraction. The still has form and function and scale and proportion. You have color theory. You have. It's not interesting that photography can be abstracted like that. Yes. Because you, yeah. there's a there's a woman who comes to the gym. She lives up in Connecticut or New York. I think Connecticut. But she's she's wonderful and she brings in these things and I'm like, "What is that?" But I love love love. And it's just wow every time. Yeah. 
You know, one, that one time we had a window and um, it wasn't really clear. You were looking through an extremely deep wall at this octagonal window or up through a ceiling or down. You couldn't tell the orientation, but it was about the symmetry, the, the, the window, the grid, the, the, the surrounding wall. And there was this architectural mm-hmm. symmetry, beauty and repetition, symmetry. I can go on and on. But uh, one of the one of the questions was, you know, are we looking up through a ceiling, oh, yeah. through an Oculus kind of thing, or is this just a, a lovely window through an extremely deep? I remember that photograph that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just invites conversation. It it, it and it allows you to play. I think mm-hmm. is part of it. It allows you to play and dream. Yeah, discover and it's fun. We're coming up on our one hundredth photo jam. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I just that I just thought of that, but I'm trying to think of what what should I do? I should do something special. The 100th. <laughs> really should celebrate. celebrate. I think it's a big milestone. That's big. Yeah. I mean, we did our one year. We did we haven't done two years yet. But we've done one yeah. year has come and now we're on 100th uh show episode we have to think about that yeah i don't know jam i would love to serve champagne to everyone how do we do that to california new mexico new york (laughs) ship bottles to everybody's house (laughs) wow no okay (laughs) i love it well we'll have to get them to get their own champagne for sure oh that sounds okay that is such a dedicated group of people i mean there's new people in there every week I yeah. mean, there's there's this yeah. core group that comes, the regulars, and they really, wow. I just, you know, I'm thinking of them and how they've grown, like, from com- after coming to the jam, from coming to the jam, I don't know, from the direction of taking photographs every week, but it's just like everybody's got such a distinct visual voice of their own. You know, no one is trying to compete with anyone else. Mm. No one's trying to copy anyone else. It's just like all have their own distinct visual voice. They they bring up a picture and we start to know, oh, that's so-and-so. That's I think we were talking about this at lunch about if someone is very secure in their profession mm-hmm. or if they're very insecure in their profession. Um, and it, I do very well with secure people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love direct and honest and open. With another designer, I'll have coffee. We'll go, go to my office. I'll show you stuff. You don't need to see my client list, but why can't we be friends, right? Or even if you, here, here's my client list. You can't, you can't be me and I can't be you. No. And so with Photo Jam, I think it's the same thing. You have very experienced photographers sitting right there with someone like me who does not <laughs> do photography. But my image was compelling in a sense and people oh, yeah. talked about it, you know. And oh, yeah. there was that, um, I, th- I think when you're with professional, secure creatives there is a unspoken rule that we are in a sandbox we're on a playground that's very safe and everybody can speak and no one's going to get put down and it's it's a place to co-create and share and learn i have a very deliberate diversity statement that people have to agree to when they sign up for the jam i forgot that yeah yes and it's it's a mindful place it's sharing and it's thoughtful yeah, it's yeah. very... I had forgotten. 
because <laughs> you have to you have to click that right yeah 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 so i mean that's kind of the beauty of it is that people come in from all, all experiences and walks of life and they can be whoever they want to be and that's the power is their unique voice and eyes too so what they're saying what they're seeing and how they sh- express their appreciation for another person's photography mm-hmm. and it's very you know it's as i you know i was a school teacher i n- i know that the best way to learn to grow is to um, emphasize what you're doing right and that's what we do we find what is this person doing right whoever it is we don't know and then the the stuff that they need to hone just kind of falls away yeah that's what i see in 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 my practice we often have new people and uh the young person who's not very experienced we we have a um tradition in my office where we go through all the shelter magazines and everybody needs to go through and look at the pages, what they like and make no whatever mm-hmm. and sign off that they've read it. And then after everyone's looked at traditional home or veranda or house beautiful that maybe during lunch or wherever, I'll be like, Hey, Kathy, take us through this magazine and tell us what you liked. And the younger ingenue who not been in the business very long will say, love this room, you know, hate this room, just hate it, could never, oh, I love this room. Uh-huh. And I let them go, I let them go through the whole, and then I say, okay, that's great. Then I put the magazine back in front and say, now take us through and tell us if it's good. I'm very glad to know your personal opinion uh-huh. about all oh, that's great, <laughs> but <laughs> could you now take us through and tell us, is it good interior design? Mm. And are there the principles, are, is it the color theory? the lighting, take us through what you think is good interior design. And I think that helps train, create, and form uh-huh. a creative in the way that you just said it, whatever it is you just said, but it was like <laughs> that, that they have a voice, uh, their voice is yeah. expressed this way. And, mm-hmm. and that it's like, it's like drinking a fine wine and, and getting the nomenclature and the terms, you know, oh, it's a little chocolate and a little raspberry over here. You have to have a self-confidence, I think, to mm-hmm. um, toss out these terms in our industry and, and do it with any sense of knowing what you're talking about. So, uh, another friend of mine said in art, there is no best. Absolutely. There's no, how could you say there's no competition? You can't right. say, okay, let's do a landscape competition. Everybody put in your favorite landscapes and, and the judges will vote. No, because who's the judge. I, Wait, <laughs> who picked the judges? <laughs> Wait, exactly. is this judge any good? So How does she know? There is no competition because this landscape, compared to this landscape, there's, you know, it's a different voice. It's like can, to, saying to that me, Picasso takes, was better than Renoir. That or, takes the beauty away. Right? That just takes the beauty away from it. Like, what? Who cares if it's best? Right. What is, what is the Mona Lisa saying to me right now as I stare into her eyes that soft grin <laughs> is it a grin i can't tell mm. and <laughs> i don't care if it's best right right so that's what they the people have often suggested to me i do competitions you know when when we do uh show houses mm-hmm. some similar thing is large mansion of some kind and you get a room to do and you want to compete mm-hmm. you want to do the best you want to put your best foot forward but there it is. The house opens to the public and you're walking through all the rooms and it's like, whoa, 
I mean, look what he did with this study. This guy, who is this guy? Wow, right? Oh, yeah. the dining room. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, just knowing that you're in that group, that you're in that level, that you're in that theater of other professionals who can put that kind of, who cares if it's best? Yeah, there's no best. There's no best. It's like yoga or prayer. Yeah. You can start anywhere. Yeah. You do it. yoga. You, you you do yoga. Oh yeah. Oh yep. I can. Now, do you do the hot yoga, where you sweat? Um, Bikram. What is that called? I no, I don't do Bikram. I used to go over to Evolution Power Yoga. Love it there. Love it. Love it. I've done. You know, West End is great too. Very popular. Yeah. I. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I really, really got into yoga, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, and it was just a thing. It kind of changed my world. Do you do yoga? Well, <laughs> yeah, I tried once. <laughs> you tried once. The, the woman kept saying to me, sir, you really just, you just want to kind of play at this today, okay? Don't do everything because really, just don't. And I'm like, how hard can this be? Come on, right? And there's somebody downward dog or whatever. Okay, hold this position. I'm like, oh my god, and I'm really and downward dog. I don't know what all the different. It was it was at an hour. I don't know. It felt like it was a two hour session. I just couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, okay, I did it right. The next day, I thought I was gonna die. But <laughs> every muscle hurt. I'm like. What in the heck? Because I work out. I know weights and working out and stuff. We know how. No, this was different. No, I did uh-huh. it once. Just once. Once. It's, yeah. it ain't a joke. No. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's very good physically. I would love to do it where I could enjoy the um, mental health benefits of it as well. When it starts to become meditative or you you know and the de-stressing and everything that i understand that yoga can bring mm-hmm. i should try it better yeah. it's moving meditation mm-hmm. yeah do you meditate mm-hmm. do you yeah often good for you yeah <laughs> someone said to me you gotta get all that stuff out of your head so you can put more stuff in kind of like a room you know you've got to edit yeah so you can fill it. Yeah, I call it uh, like deprogramming in a way. Uh-huh, yeah. Clearing out the pipes, but <sighs> I don't do it. The other thing is... Uh, you mean you don't you don't meditate? See, I love to meditate. I learned transcendental meditation when I was in high school. I, oh. I love meditation. I just don't make the time. You're like the coolest guy. <laughs> I, I just don't make the time for it. And Let's do it right now. In oh. my in, in my <laughs> sobriety and, and my recovery... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the phrases that we all use is that if you want to talk to God, pray. And mm-hmm. if you want to listen to God, meditate. <sighs> yeah, I'm better at talking to God. I pray a lot. <laughs> I, I have a lot to say. I pray. <laughs> and just heaven help me. I don't know. I don't. Med- I should. I should meditate. Yeah, it's really it's really comforting that that space is there for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's a, it's a it's a place to go to that matters. Mm-hmm. We were talking about beauty and finding beauty in photography, but uh, where do you find beauty in Lancaster? 
In Lancaster? Our little our little town or and the people, probably, my friends. Mm-hmm. Where do we find beauty? Well, earlier you and I were talking that, you know, you think of it as a town, but really we're a city. Yes. We are a pretty thriving city, but I guess in land mass or population, but I guess when you live here and you kind of live downtown, it feels like a town. It feels like a small town in a big city kind of thing. One, one of the things I think is beautiful about where we live is the culture here, the respect for the arts community, and just there seem to be a lot of people here who care about the arts in one way or another. Galleries. And yes. You know. I have a little crew that I hang out with at lunch at Market. Yeah. Do you know about my little crew? <laughs> no. Jerry Hershey, Marlon Burt, John Espen Shade. Bob Wee. Oh, that's not a little crew. That's like, that's like posse. That's my posse. That's the, they're, they're a little more serious than my little crew. <laughs> that's my central. I wouldn't market. want those boys to hear that. <laughs> for our, for our listeners, these are rather accomplished <laughs> gentlemen in our in our neck of the woods. I think I'll I'll choose this moment to tell a quick story. Okay. To explain what our market is, mm-hmm. and as usual, my stories go long, so I'm sorry. It starts way before market, but. My partner, Mike, was hired to become the president of our art school here, Pennsylvania College of Art and Design. And as, as Mike was not quite here yet at PCAD, and of course we hadn't moved here yet, we were up here and meeting some people, this or that. And uh, well, I couldn't find a place to live. And we were thinking about buying something. I, it felt a little ambitious to buy with a brand new job, but even renting, couldn't find anything. And I'm asking people, what is the deal? Oh, they said, yeah, good luck with that. And I'm like, everything's really expensive. I come from Washington. This is expensive. I thought we were going to come up with the Amish. And, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> this is supposed to be land of like agriculture and Amish uh-huh. and boring. Where's all the Amish people? Oh, they just laughed and said they can't <laughs> afford it here anymore. They moved out. And really? Like, well, that, it's what the, the general idea was. They just think in town, you know. This is new. Well, I thought I would be seeing buggies and, and Amish people and corn on carts here. <laughs> right? Yes. Well, it's Lancaster, <laughs> Pennsylvania. It's Lancaster. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> so anyway, before I was properly schooled, there I am running around Lancaster, Pennsylvania going, no housing, ain't no housing to be found. There are no <laughs> Amish people here. I don't know what's going on. But what is going on with the food scene? These restaurants I keep seeing. <gasps> Himalayan curry this and Callaloo oh. Trinidad that oh. and then the French restaurants of course with this de rigueur oh. but I mean the the Italian over here and then um, don't forget there's like this little Bombay grill and um, well it just keeps going like the different kinds going. of Chinese restaurants the different kinds of Mexican mm-hmm. and, and and I said to somebody what's going on with all these restaurants around here because now I'm starting to feel there's a vibe here it wasn't it's at all and they said oh do you like you like food are you a foodie <laughs> And I said, well, yeah, you know, oh, you'll love our market. And I was like, well, I'm going to ah. need a good grocery store. You know, tell me there's a Whole Foods or a, a Balducci's. Do we have? Dean and DeLuca, maybe? No. No, they meant our, our farmer's market downtown, our central uh-huh. market. And I'm like, oh, cute. You know, corn, tomatoes. And I thought, no, that's fine. I mean, we all need corn and tomatoes. It's fine. I'll, and I'll never forget the Saturday Mike and I walk in there. Oh, my God. It's a thing. Just oh, my God. Yes. 
the curated pickles of the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how many different coffee shops? Just the seafood, Mr. Bill's seafood. The, oh. Do you know how big shrimp can get? You two. Do you know what you two shrimps are? Holy moly. I could go on, right? There's, I mean, there's the Mar- Moroccan man. He's become a friend of mine, teaches me my right? couscous. There's yeah. so much diversity in the food well, just in Central Market. The flowers. Yeah. Then there's Amish food, but there's yep. there's goat cheese. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's goat meat, which if you cook certain kinds of food, I'm, a, I'm an yeah. international cook. Have you, have you ever had goat? Oh, it's, it's really quite good. It really goat is. goat cheese. Well, anyway. Goat goat? There's a rack of goat. I mean, well. Really? When you cook like Moroccan or Indian food, sometimes you can have this sort of Himalayan and, and the goat is just, it's the softest blend between maybe oh. chicken and veal. Oh. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. So anyway, oh. but, oh, and then right next to that is the woman who makes custom pasta. Oh I'm my like, gosh. You don't really make custom. Well, I can. I said, can you make me a hazelnut pasta for raviolis and fill it with sage filling. She says, I can do that. I'm like, oh my God. I tell you, Dean and DeLuca's got <gasps> nothing on this place. Oh no. It was voted one of like the top 10. I could, I could be like, I'm trying to remember correctly. I think it was New York Magazine. Top 10 farmer's markets in the world here in Lancaster. And you won't believe it until you see it. And it's I don't amazing. know how to explain it. And that's when the magic of this town started to come over me, like, what is going on? And then I saw <laughs> all this entrepreneurialism, right? There's a lot of barbershops here. There's a lot of coffee shops here. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, independent. There are a lot of photographers here. <laughs> yeah. And a artists. Lot. Yeah. And galleries. Yeah. It just goes on and on. So the whole arts entrepreneur thing, right? <clears throat> yes, there's a lot of... Th- they're great arts, you know, first Fridays every month, you know, that's what we do. We go well, down to yeah. Gallery Row and start right there. I think a lot of cities in the United States have that first Fridays thing. Is that right? I think so, yeah. I kind of, yeah. I'm so ignorant. I, I, I just discovered it here. <laughs> to me, it's all new. I mean, yeah, <coughs> I've lived here most of my adult life, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, in the summer, you're walking around, and you hear piano music right here on the corner, and there's an upright piano. Someone's just playing. And How it's about like, those pianos? Music for everyone. Well, there's more than one. They're and then on the other the corner over there, the city puts <laughs> them up. Yeah, and, and, and it's called Music for Everyone. I forget the gentleman who runs that whole program. He's a nice guy. I've met him. John. 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 Whatever his last name is. Oh, darn it. But anyway... And we have all these pianos around town. And they're all painted beautiful. And you're like, what is this, New Orleans? Right. And you can just sit on the street and and bang away at the piano. Oh, uh, there's something going on here. Yeah. It's in the water. I don't know yeah. what it is. And they're like, mm-hmm, I'm sure you're just talking up your little town. Isn't that cute? Mm, I dare you to come here. <laughs> I dare you. It's different here. The first, like, when I was first here, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't. I'm going to get out of this town. I'm going to get out of this town. And a friend of mine said, you're going to notice there's that you don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Something. And then I remember si- we were hanging out years later, and there was a these people on the street, and they were didn't seem to know where they were going. And I'm like, what's up with that? He goes, tourists, Molly. Tourists. I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, what? why would they come why here? Why would we have tourists? <laughs> And then later, you're like, no, I get it. I get it. 
Because they know something you don't know about, about that? your own and town. Right. You live here and you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so there you go. And uh, HS continues to unfold. There is a, um, there's a large segment of our community that likes to give. Mm-hmm. And those families who can do that are very careful to give to Lancaster, not hmm. to New York, not to Philadelphia, not to Washington, but very much interested in ways to even even sort of quietly give to uh, different organizations and things like that. And I have a gentleman coming on soon, Jordan Steffi. We'll talk to him about his organization that's very popular. Uh, but all sorts of things like that. And uh, there's this, th- that's where this sense of entrepreneurial comes. You can feel it. There's just always a new shop opening it's a i don't know anyway i I know we're waxing poetic about our own town but well, we're uh, both entrepreneurs in this town that's true yeah that's true so hmm. so um what's your favorite coffee shop like again just yeah for people to understand we do have a starbucks that is downtown on a corner um, many people turn their nose up at it because that is not what we're about. I think there was probably... Yeah. I've was never been in that Starbucks. I was once. You were... Just I once. Mm-hmm. And I think Starbucks is a place where you can, you know what you're going to get. It, that's fine for that. There's and a value to that. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. But we have Chestnut Hill. Square we One. We have Square One. We have Passenger. We have Mean Cup. New Holland. Um, Blade and Spade. See, it just keeps... And they're all a bit different. They're all a bit different, just a little bit different vibe. And that makes up a complexion and a fabric of our community that layers in with the, I keep saying barbershops, because we just have like a lot of guys' barbershops here. Mm-hmm. And and each one of them's a little bit different. And one of them's pretty high-end, the black comb. Mm-hmm. But there's other ones that just specialize in fades or certain cuts. And I don't know. It's a thing. I mean, I go to a fancy hair salon, but anyway... But we just have, I don't know, we have it all here. And uh, yeah. I sometimes when we, like we're talking about this, I'm starting to feel hungry again. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just had lunch, but I'm hungry. Because we're talking about all the beautiful foods in Lancaster. We have Barbara Ray. Oh my a God. block away. Oh my, okay. Cedric Barbara Ray. Cedric and his wife that have the cafe and the oh. bakery. And I don't know what I want to wax poetic first about. The bakery, the pastries, yeah. that is world class. World class. World class. I'm not joking. I, I know from what I speak. And it's very pretty. It's, photo, <laughs> it's, it's completely photogenic. Uh-huh. It's photographable in complete high-end food magazine quality. It's just impressive. <laughs> it's wow. Uh, my studio partner, Nick Gould, yeah. does all that photography for Barbara. Does he really? Yes, he does. So he's got to hook us up with Cedric and his wife, and then we can. And then their cafe, <laughs> Cedric, the, the Cedric's dining room, and the food is exquisite. It's just really lovely. Oh. I think the interior was designed by David Lyle, and yeah. uh huh, and it's handsome. You know, blacks and browns and tans and um, very warm. Mm-hmm. And then the service is so professional, gently warm, but it's a professional. Uh-huh. A- and then the food, you're like, get out, just get out the food. French fries. Yeah. French, you know the hamburgers there are really good. Yeah. They make a great burger. I, the press room has a really good. Okay. Okay, we're, we talked about the favorite burger. Or we yeah. talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. let's um, because we're gonna just run down all the restaurants and people are gonna be like, well, we don't live there. 
So you know, you, when you were you were in school in Knoxville, right? I did. Did yeah. I ever tell you that I lived in Gatlinburg, Tennessee? <laughs> Isn't that where Dollywood is? Near there, <laughs> Sevierville. That's right. That's right. Sevierville, which is not near. It's, it's not, not Sevierville. It's, it's Sevierville. Sevierville, <laughs> and Pigeon Forge, and Gatlinburg. But we never speak of Pigeon Forge. Can you do that East Tennessee accent? Yeah. You can. So, number one, we never speak of Pigeon Forge because that was the armpit. And Sevierville was cute, but a whole nother. Gatlinburg was nice. But even, well, <laughs> relatively. Anyway, so I was in charge. Gatlinburg. I was in charge of food and beverage for like four hotels there, right? Oh, yeah? And one of our nicer hotels, I seemed to be there more in the mornings. Uh -huh. And uh, we had this waitress. Her name was Kitty. And I just loved her. Of course, her name was Kitty. It wasn't Kitty. It was Kitty. <laughs> it was always Kitty. And her accent was just hellfire. And <laughs> I had this car. And I, I was complaining one morning at breakfast. Something about my car, and I just think it's broken. And Kitty looks at me, snaps her neck, and she says, No wonder it's broken, Brad. You drove the piss out of it. <laughs> um, that was her, and that was that town. <laughs> And I love to joke about it all in a fond way, but I will tell you that I've been around. I've lived in some places. Mm -hmm. The nicest people I've ever met in my entire life, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Well, down south. Down south. So in and Gatlinburg, when they would say, do you want to come over? Yeah. They met for a couple of days. <laughs> Just <laughs> come over. It's time you hang. <gasps> oh, my God. I I, it was lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> I never, I, I remember going to Gatlinburg. There was like a sort of a resor resort. Mm -hmm. Very that? touristy. It was a little honky tonk in the sense that there was like t-shirt shops and things on the main drag. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there was a main drag. I remember that. But there was a charm to it because the buildings had this bit of a gingerbread uh, Hansel and Gretel Germany kind of feeling. There was skiing there. Well, there was Obergatlinburg oh, yeah. up there. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was friends with the owner. He was a nice man. Uh-huh. And, uh. Yeah, you could ski at Obergatlinburg, and that was very Austrian-German, the wood and the Hansel and Gretel and the cabins. And yeah. We start getting into the mountains. In like Which is nestled hmm. at the very base of several mountains, Mount Leconte and another. So deep, huge surrounding mountains all yeah. around you. It was, quite, it was like a little miniature alpine place, and I lived up on Mount Leconte. And so at night, you could sit and just look out over the twinkling lights of Gatlinburg down there. It was really pretty. Oh. It was really nice. And the cold mountain streams and lots of stuff to do. It was fun. And then, of course, moonshine. <laughs> we had moonshine. We everywhere. had some moonshine. <laughs> so you lived in Gatlinburg. A couple years. Just a couple years. Yeah. Did you live anywhere else in the south? We lived in Virginia, Washington, D.C., just yeah. outside Alexandria. No, I never lived anywhere south you mentioned the sword behind me mm -hmm. here in my office that's my grandfather's ceremonial sword from the united states naval academy oh wow! so uh he went there he was a commander and a captain in the navy way back this is your uncle he your uncle was a captain in the navy so you know i'm a little loose with a few things here and there this would be my stepfather's father so I call him my grandfather. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Or my third grandfather. Mm -hmm. I have another grandfather that I never met is Michael's mother's father. So Michael's okay. grandfather, Raymond Schofield. 
And that's a whole nother story. But I feel like I know him, but I never met him. Anyway, this gentleman, my stepfather's father, who became like a grandfather to me, very much so. I didn't meet him until maybe 14 or 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up in Washington. I grew up in the city. And um, there's some nicer neighborhoods, and there's some regular neighborhoods, and there's some really nice neighborhoods, you know. Mm -hmm. Captain Forshue, we would call him. His name was John Hildreth Forshue. Mm-hmm. And uh, his family. Hildreth? Hildreth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great. John Hildreth Forshue. <laughs> and um, his family was the Arrow Shirt Company, mm-hmm. which you have to be of a certain age to even know what that means. But back in the day in the United States, we didn't have Calvin Klein's and shirt companies from China. So shirts were made here, and they were mostly made by the Arrow Shirt Company, and your pants were made by Farrah Slacks. It's just was huge. And I didn't really piece it all together, but his family, the Arrow Shirt family in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, evidently, is far away from me. I'm in D.C. And mm-hmm. we go to get to know this man who lives in Calorama, which is very, very nice. And, you know, we would go visit Captain Forshue, and he was a little bit older, but uh, we'd go to this very important apartment building, you know, the doorman and the elevator operator the old woods and the marble mark. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to this apartment, which is grand. I think it was 12 foot ceilings and the moldings and everything. And it's like, I never really was in that environment, you know? And, um, my mother did things nice. We had a nice place. My mother was a fashion plate. We dressed well, yeah. nice apartment, right? But this was another level and I could feel it. I could tell. And like, these curtains are real thick and I'd be mm-hmm. like, mom, why are these curtains so thick like this? Like there was a blanket in there or something. It's called interlining. And I went, oh, okay. Let me ask you something, Brad. I mean, I see some of the stuff that you've designed, the sort of the interior design accoutrement that's in this space. Yeah. What's, I think a lot about Hoga. Hoga. Yeah. Um, and just the comfort in my own home. Mm-hmm. What's your vibe? What's your hugga? What makes, what's cozy to you as uh, far as interior design is? Yeah. Number one, I don't know that I do cozy <laughs> or hugga. <laughs> I don't really. Well, you know what I mean. I don't know that I would enjoy snuggling up on a chocolate suede sofa with a faux mink blanket <sighs> and snuggle up and the pillows, right? And watch a movie and get a... No. No? No. And I know I'm weird. I know. know, But (laughs) for me, what is far more comfortable is that I'm in a very beautiful room. (sighs) And that the room is beautiful and it's perfectly appointed in whatever style. I mean, I don't really care. But Mm -hmm. of course the furniture will be comfortable. But I will be in a proper lounge chair that fits me, that's deep enough in the leg, yada, yada, yada. I could wax poetic about what's a hugger for me. So like um, a le, uh, Le Corbusier's. It could be that. It could be. Uh, now that isn't really loungy, you know. I think it's more like psychiatrist you, office. And oh my god, I've. Do you mean that? Do you mean the long flat? Um, no, the Le, le Corbusier. The Le Corbusier, the 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 chaise lounge that he designed. That it's like has, it's perfect. Like. Perfectly conforms oh, to my body. I'm sorry. Yes, I know exactly what you're <laughs> talking about. Yes, yeah. it's very comfortable. 
Very. Right. Crazy comfortable, but or the the classic Eames chair that um, is rosewood and and leather and sure, or a proper English room mm-hmm. with fully dressed curtains and upholstered chairs or <laughs> whatever, you know. But as long as the room is lovely and gracious and it's layered and it's properly lit, that anything I'm going to sit on is going to be comfy. But it wouldn't cozy in the sense of. We'd have to we'd have to go back into Gatlinburg and get up on Mount Leconte and do kind of like this cabin vibe and then do some really like early American furniture that's just right and could make it really kind of a chic cabin-y See, feel. I'm like interested a, in a, co- a coziness that still has these elements of design. Mm-hmm. Um, the the chocolate suede couch oh, with absolutely. The, the faux mink row sounds delicious to me absolutely so do that little mini sectional a ralph yeah. lauren sectional in i would i don't know that i'm americana though and I no, think no no ralph no lauren would ralph lauren's just so classic it's so mm-hmm. whatever yeah whatever i i was i was in my mind where i'm what i'm decorating in my mind mm-hmm. is a um condominium mm-hmm. so it'd be higher up with wood paneled walls that you don't feel like you're in a High rise, right? Is this what you would design for me? Mm. What would you like? Just knowing me as much as you know me, it would have to be just as much as I know you. Which yeah, which I'd have to be in your current home. I'd have to meet. Yeah, you've I'd never have to been meet, in my house, so I'd, what I'd, would I'd have you? to meet your dog Flower. <laughs> I'd have to see how you live, right? Mm-hmm. Before I could really answer that, what I would like to do for you, which is me thrusting kind of something on you here a little bit, but. I would, I would love to see you. Okay, I, yeah. <laughs> pretend now, not that we literally are there. If you pretend that you're in San Francisco, have you ever been to San Francisco? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean by the afternoon light on a clear day in San Francisco? The color of the light. It's warm. It's mm-hmm. golden. It's brilliant. Right? It's clear. It's gorgeous. Right. Okay. There's a quality to the light, and I want you in a pre-war building <laughs> that has those really thick plaster walls with working fireplaces yeah with larger windows that look right out all over the water the bridge oh my god the views of course always are great and so, so here we are and then i'm going to take this one room your den your study and we're going to panel it in i'll say maple <laughs> i don't want it to be maple Darker, I, darker or lighter? Well, we can stain it whatever shade we want, but I'm talking about the green pattern. Mm. And what I would like to do is knotty pine or mm. um, a so chestnut, this, but I don't know that you can do all the knots and the whirls and all that. So is this your vision for, for you. like, the, the design for my personality? As you know, you've never yes. been in my home. Yes. Um, so I would see a cleaner wood grain <laughs> rather than all the knots and the whirls and everything in a burled walnut or a uh-huh. knotty pine or whatever. So we'll have to keep it a little more clean, a little more contemporary. So you got these wood grain walls. It could be redwood, not a pecky cypress. Again, it's too much activity in the wood. So a clean grained wood wall. <laughs> and I would stain it a very dark golden caramel color <laughs> right before it goes to dark caramel. Okay. So you have this envelope now covered in golden light and the floor would be wall-to-wall carpeting in a very fine Wilton, 100% wool, tightly woven Wilton, <laughs> kind of like my carpet here 
this um sort of a ribbed wool whatever. Okay. And then I would put a Ralph Lauren sectional, um, which would be very clean, contemporary, square track arms in a um, mossy sage green velvet. <laughs> and then I would have other woods in the room, and I would have walnuts and different shades of brown in woods. I would have a very beautiful TV that's concealed behind a wood panel that can open and close. You'd have um, some beautiful pillows. Some of them are silk and very decorative, but a couple of them are wool. And they're very lovely, soft wool to touch. And then there's a a faux chinchilla blanket. (laughs) And I would put you up in that kind of a look. And then Sounds cozy. Good lighting. Sounds cozy. Yeah. But that's kind of ridiculous because I have no idea if that appeals to you or not. You know, the way I know you, I don't know. (laughs) I know so much about you, and yet I don't know that part. Isn't that interesting? What kind of a room would you want to have me decorate for you? It would feel like, just tell me what it would feel like. Cozy. Cozy, cozy, cozy. Warm, cozy. I like lighting is important. How do you choose your lighting? Like, I can't seem to figure out what kind of lighting I want in my home. Many, many people think that if while we're building, go ahead and put the recessed can lights up there because that'll be my lighting. Uh uh-uh. uh. And then you have all this. Well, you're a photographer, so you know this, but many people don't know mm-hmm. this downward lighting from the ceiling is the worst. And so you only tolerate that if it's a task environment, like your kitchen. Mm. But we all need all these overhead lights in a living room or family room. Nobody, we're not doing tasks. We need lamps. Well, the temperature of light is important. That as well. Yeah. So I like to light from above a little. I might have a spotlight on a coffee table. I would have a hanging light fixture, a lantern, chandelier, then I would have lamps or floor lamps for side lighting. I would have picture lighting for more side lighting. I would mm-hmm. do a couple of up lights so that you bounce the light all around the room. You know what that is. What is the average number of light fixtures in an average living room, say? What would you think, ideally? You mean for most people or for me? What would I, I recommend? Or Ideally, what would you recommend? I would recommend three table lamps. I would recommend a floor lamp of some apothecary style. I would recommend a hanging fixed light fixture, lantern chandelier. I would have at least two or three pieces of art that have lights on them. I would have an up light if I if the roof it's right for the room. I would do an up light or two. I'm counting to ten. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of lights. Not if they're all twenty five watts. True. You gotta bounce the light around. You got to spread the light around. So you're saying lot, a lot of light fixtures at low wattage. Dimmable. Dimmable. Because uh. you do want to turn them all up when you're vacuuming. Now, <laughs> but you know what? That's, it, it's, That's it's kind of not fair to ask these questions because, you know, how much natural light? We only use the room in the daytime, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a shit ton of windows, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we don't need all those lamps. Hold on, hold on. But what if it's mostly in the evenings? Mm-hmm. And all those windows turn into black glass at night. We talked about that. And we're painting this room Where a dark gray. Where were we gray. talking about that? The, um, the other day at lunch. The other day at lunch we were talking about the... Window shades. The window... The coverings and layers. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you're in like it was it was a box in the sky i remember we said we were talking about a two, uh, a penthouse that i did yes. um in, yes, in, yes. in baltimore yeah and, and we it's were beautiful and and there's much much light coming into it because of the glass w- the windows what i was so explaining good. to you at the time yeah. is that this one this one penthouse has a two story living room uh-huh. entertaining area and it's basically at the end of this penthouse two stories all glass, all glass. so it's almost like a glass cube uh-huh. with a ceiling so during the day there's a lot of light uh-huh. we got to control that light with shears and stuff yeah but in the evening when the sun starts to set open up all the shears and the volume of the light dials down and that sunset turns into beautiful twilights and purples and peaches and pinks and you get this crazy array of soft oranges and corals and I did the room around those colors because this is an er this is a room for entertaining you have Mm -hmm. people over for cocktails come at six you know the sun will be setting it's when it's most gorgeous everyone's glowing Mm-hmm. But when the sun sets, you've got a black cube. <laughs> it's all black. black. It all goes black. <laughs> there ain't no, there's no, there's no movie screens out there. There's no, you can look down and see the lights of the city. So you need ten or twelve. Well, I floated. I floated three <laughs> chandeliers up there. Three big chandeliers, like Christmas ornaments. <laughs> different heights. Yeah, you need something to look at. And then floor lamps and then table lamps and. Little like on a on a console where you have a little miniature easel, right? And you have a Molly Schlockler piece of photography right there of your dog. If you are so lucky. Well <laughs> I'm living for the day that I have a and anyway, and then on that little miniature easel, it has its own little light right there on that piece of artwork. So you have little pops of, of light around that sparkle and do things and help to find the room and they sort of stretch the edges out and do things. Have me come over, a little glass of wine. <laughs> no, I don't drink bad. anymore. But, you know, have a little glass of scotch. <laughs> Sid will talk. We'll look at your lights. Uh, it's a problem. I really need a consult. <laughs> it takes 10 minutes. Because I know that I want, I know the vibe that I want. I know the look that I want. And this is uh, true in so many things. You know, my Well, shoes. let me ask you this. Do you feel like you have the spatial arrangement the way you like it in the space. No, you don't. Do you have the right kind of furniture that you could push around to make the right? Okay. So already we're talking about room design before we really decorate. Yeah. Because when we get to paint colors and fabrics and, and for me, lighting, that's like jewelry. That's like the end. That's like we're painting, we're decorating, we're, we're painting with light. But we got to get the boxes and the massing and the proportions. We have to get the functionality. There's so much of like the pre-designed stuff. Oh my to god, this sounds like a in. shop opportunity. Well, yeah, and then guess what? <laughs> it, it, then it gets big because like we're buying sofas and chairs. Okay, when you table over here, I'm gonna need three lamps. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm you know. ready. I'm ready. Well, let's do it. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, but the point is, is that when you can uh-huh. identify the space usage, mm-hmm. your programming how you want to use it, it must perform this way because it has to or else it doesn't work. So give me one little easy, I mean, this could be for anyone out there, right? Okay. One little easy fix or cure for a lighting situation. No, nothing like that. Oh. What would you suggest? Like, oh, really, I hate my lighting in my space. So what can I, I love interior design so much mm-hmm. that I will sit here for the next hour and talk about it. <laughs> I am drinking the Kool-Aid of my business to this day, right? Yeah. 
our podcast is supposed to be about deep and meaningful conversations that really, you know, peel back the layers on Molly Schlachter, right? And I don't know, <laughs> a tip on lighting for the world. Hmm. Tip on lighting for the world for Molly Schlachter. Kelvin's. Kelvin's, That's oh my, my God. tip. That's my tip, Kelvin's. That's a photography know, tip, too. Know your Kelvin's. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Google it. Figure it out. I, either you know your Kelvin's or never mind. Just never mind. What's the ideal warm Kelvin? Like 2,500, 3,000? So for me, yeah. I err on the side of warmer. Okay. And I like 2,200, 2,300. Okay. I'll go 2,400, no problem. Yeah. 2,600? Yeah. Just I hope it's dimmable. You want 3,000? 3,000 is too high. I want to dim it. Dim it. Dim it. But but really, 3,000 is fine. It really is. For yeah. most people, it's just fine. I just get a little... I'm picky about lighting. Here's a tip I'm you picky. told me the other day. You said if you're looking at lightings, look at the lumens of the light mm-hmm. and look at the Kelvin. You told me that. Look at the temperature of the light. <coughs> and that's everything. Lighting is when When everything. we do design work and, and we're able to do it, when we get to the lighting, we look at foot candles we look at beam spread. We look at, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff we get into with lighting. And it's Kelvins and lumens. Uh, lumens or wattage, it depends, right? Mm-hmm. If it's LED, LED or not. And most people don't want to get into all that. It gets intimidating or whatever, so they have us do it. But um, lighting can be fun if you spend some time and you just get to know it. You can almost paint with it. Mm-hmm. And it can become intuitive if you not afraid of it. But I think we, we get into Home Depot. You can draw with it. You can. <laughs> Photographia. 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 <laughs> this is life. This is fun, Brad. You know, <laughs> the ego in all of us loves to hear our own voices. That's why it's so important. I have to have other people listen to this because I'm loving it. Yeah. I love my own voice so and I love your voice. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brad, I'm glad you and Molly had so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, happy, happy. That was really boring, Brad. <laughs> you two talking about restaurants. Okay. <laughs> I live in North Carolina. I'm your sister. I don't know any of this. I don't care. I'm like, okay, well, thank you. So the idea for Photo Jam is to sign up. And although it'll be in all of the intros and the notes and everything, when you go photojam.net, and don't do photojam.com. <laughs> Pay attention. It's photojam.net. For those of you who don't know, there's a whole new world out there of nets and comms. This is net. <laughs> yes, sir. Not org, yes. not com, yeah. not dot EU. <laughs> just net. So it's photojam.net. It's a net net. And then you have to sign up and you have to sign a, um, an agreement. Um, talk, to, talk to me about that agreement. It's very important. My diversity I, I, statement? Mm-hmm, I identify with this very much. Oh, Very I important. don't have it off of the top of my head. No, but, but the, I, the, the crafting of it was really, it was important to me too. It was mm. like, I i wanted it to be very inclusive. I want Photo Jam to be diverse. It really needs to be for it to have the energy that it does. And that's really the magic of it. Yeah. You know, having, there's no competition in Photo Jam. We don't have contests. There's no winners or losers. It's no judgment, and we hold a mindful space for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's very thoughtful. So when you go to sign up, just know there's some things to go through. You, you read that little document, which I think is great, mm-hmm. and then um, you end up, and then you get notifications. You get 
sign up and there's photo jam and you just log on and send in your pictures and well your photographs if you have you don't have to you can just participate right yeah most everybody does send in pictures but if you're checking it out and you just want to see what's up Mm -hmm. you can certainly you can certainly be an observer you just have to let me know yeah so it's good well okay this is this has been great yeah. Um, I think we've covered everything that we can. We could probably. Let's do it again. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do this again <laughs> at some point because we talk too much. All right. So well, fun. anyway, I love you. I wanted you to be my first podcast. Uh, I can't believe it. You're so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love you back. Good. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being with us today. If you're interested in more about Well Designed Lives, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, see you next week.